Man, I love the music. Your music is always wonderful. Good morning. I like that kind of enthusiasm. Pastor Ted's teaching about sanctification. He asked me at a meeting, a pastor's meeting, uh, beginning this month, you know, I'm preaching on sanctification. Will your sermon fit? I said, I think it will. Well, maybe it won't. I don't know. Anyway. I want you to know I have this effect on people. (laughs) Anyway, it's wonderful to be here with you today, and let's just go to the Lord in prayer as we start our, as we open the Word of God. Father God, Lord God, might your Word convict us, challenge us, Lord God, might it drive our hearts and minds, Lord God, might it, Lord God, might you bring us closer to yourself through your Word. Help us to understand you, Lord God, and, and give, us, give us the joy and the thankfulness of serving you. Lord God, you're the creator and sustainer of all things, and we thank you in Christ's name. Now, I want you to know, in seminary many, many years ago, yeah, and that's the way I felt about seminary too, many years ago, um, in preaching class, they, they teach you, look, never talk about yourself. Well, Today I'm going to break that rule because I've been spending time with God and I just want to give you an insight into my life because maybe, just maybe, maybe it'll have an impact, an impact on your life as well. The events of the last two weeks, the images, the horror, the pain have impacted my life. The, the events have caused me to think that life is really pretty fragile. It's just fragile. It's caused me to consider the fact that there needs to be an urgency, an urgency regarding the truth that comes from God. And if there's an urgency, urgency is driven by passion, you see? In a meeting this past week with the bishop, he continued to encourage us to consider the denomination's vision statement. Oh, a vision statement. Now this is important. The evangelical congregational church will be a dynamic movement of God, will be alive, will be vital, will will demonstrate to the world that we know him. A vital movement, a dynamic movement of God led by pastors and laity, of which I'm both. Dynamic movement of God led by pastors and laity, listen, who have a burning passion for God, a burning passion for God, and a missionary zeal to reach the lost. Do I? You know, my life verse says this, 
I want to become progressively more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. It's from Philippians 3.10. Acquainted with him. I want to know God. I, I really want to know God. That's, I'm letting you into my life. You see, I want to know God. And it also says, it also says, you know, I'll come to know from the outflowing of his resurrection, which is to, to show the power of God in my life. The power of God. And that I may share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness. That I can be transformed into his death. Meaning giving it all up for God. Giving it all up for God. Same thing Paul wrote about to the church in Rome. Offer your body, John, as a living sacrifice. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world. John, look, don't you realize this world is broken right now? It's not the world I created. It's, it's a broken world. Don't you realize? Don't conform to the patterns of this world. And then as I study John's gospel I'm, in, in 14.6, and you all know this text, I'm sure, Jesus said, John, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John. The way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. John, do you understand that? And Jesus also said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, I think it is, he also says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Love him. Love him with everything you have. Be passionate for God. Stand up for God. John, John, that's what you need to do. Love the Lord your God. And by the way, John, while you're at it, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's... I'm letting you into my quiet times, folks. John, by sending my son, didn't I demonstrate to you my burning passion for you, my burning passion for, passion for my people? Didn't I demonstrate that? And I, didn't I demonstrate, God, a missionary zeal to reach the lost, John, of which you were lost? Didn't I demonstrate that? And, and, if I, and if you believe that I demonstrated a burning passion to save you and a missionary zeal to rescue you, if, if I did those things, shouldn't you reciprocate? Shouldn't you reciprocate? So I say to God, you know, God, this is pretty hard. You know, a lot of times when I pray, I fall asleep and... I get distracted, and when I'm studying your word, I can't understand. Sometimes I just don't understand it. Sometimes, sometimes God, I'm tempted by the, all, that, all that glitters in the world. You know, sometimes I'm tempted, I'm tempted to put my eyes places they probably shouldn't know. They shouldn't be. God, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what's in my heart, God? Don't you know where I've come from, God? Don't you know me? God, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like Paul. The things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. I mean, God, I'm all mixed up. 
Don't you know that? And God, all this stuff, a burning passion, a missionary zeal, uh, uh, urgency, Lord God, uh, the frailty of life. I can't do this on my own. I can't. Lord God, you're, you're looking at a weak and helpless man. You're looking at a man. I, 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 this whole idea, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Lord God, that's preposterous. I need someone, Lord. I need you. I need you. See, I had a teacher in eighth and ninth grade who taught civics in Pennsylvania history. I don't know in what order, boy, one year. And, but but he, used to, he used to say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. We've all heard that. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? And then he would smile and he'd say, of someone closer at hand. And he was teasing us because we were all going through adolescence at the same time, at least most of us were. Anyway, relationships. Relationships are best done when two people are close together. When they're close together. Jesus demonstrated, he demonstrates all through the Gospels, he demonstrates, he demonstrates his desire for us to have healthy relationships. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Have healthy relationships. And we only need to look at Jesus' relationship with his disciples to understand just how he went about doing it. See, Jesus was, obviously, Jesus, when he, when he first was with the disciples, he demonstrated that he knew them even before he met them. He knew them. He had a deep interest in them. See, every morning when Jesus and the disciples got up, an interesting thing happened, I'm sure. They looked into each other's eyes. This is real. These are real people and a real God. They looked into each other's eyes. It was personal. They ate together. They walked together all over Palestine. They talked together. They did ministry together. It was all about relationship. And the other thing that, God, that Jesus did, he was really good because he knew that to foster, to nurture that kind of relationship, he was a, he was a right God for that because he's a, God of compa- he's a God of compassion. Have you felt God's compassion in your heart? Compassion. He's a God of kindness and gentleness. He's a God of empathy. He's a God who loved them. And he's a God who loved you. And sometimes I find it hard to believe. He's a God who loves me too. I don't understand all this, Lord. But he is. He loves. And as a result, these guys were safe, you see. They were safe. They, he provided a safe environment in which relationship could grow, which it could flourish. He was never harsh, there was never any scorekeeping, no need to control, no need to win, no need to dominate. That's not Jesus, that's not the God we know. He brought peace to them. That peace that surpasses all human comprehension, he brought to them. He brought brought strength to them just by the presence of his being. He brought strength to them. 
He brought strength. And, and so they never had to deal. They never had to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow was always filled with hope because hope stood right in their presence and that hope was found in Jesus Christ. Just like that hope is found in our lives as we worship the risen Christ. It's hope. And then one day, <laughs> then one day, Jesus took the disciples apart, aside. And he said, you know, fellows, now this is from Lebanon County. You have to remember, I'm from Lebanon County. I don't know what Jesus actually said. Well, we're going to read what Jesus actually said, but this is kind of my interpretation. You know, fellas, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave. I'm going home. I'm going back to the Father. See, Jesus knew that that the time in Jerusalem wasn't going to be fun-filled, a, a, a bouquet of roses. It was going to be a, a crucifixion coming and a death, three days in the grave, a resurrection, an ascension into the right hand of God the Father of mine. But I'm leaving you. But you look, you don't have to worry. You don't need to worry one iota. Nah, don't worry. Because, look, I'm going to take care of you. I try to put myself in the position of where those disciples were. I don't think they heard, you don't have to worry. I think what they heard just tore their hearts out. You're going to leave us? You're going to leave us? Really? But the part we want to look at today is, because it relates to us today, is what did God, what did Jesus provide? What did he provide? What did he provide for his disciples? What did he, what did he, what does he provide today for us? I mean, that's a, that's a, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. I am the way. He's the conduit. He's the highway. He's the median through which truth comes, the transmitted truth of God. That's what it's all about. Let me read. And poor Gary. I drove Gary crazy in the first service because I jump all over the place in this text. Gary, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Anyway, we're going to go to verse 5, chapter 16 of, of John's gospel. Listen to what Listen to what Jesus, all my words are in red. I'm colorblind, but I think these are all in red, okay? These are all Jesus' words. But now I'm going to him who sent me. I'm going to leave you. None of you ask, where are you going? No, you don't, you don't ask that. Rather, you're filled with grief because I've said these things. Of course they're filled with grief. But very truly I tell you. Now whenever you read that in the Bible, very truly. This is something important. Pay attention to this. This is the truth. Very truly I tell you. It is for your good that I'm going away. It's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the great mediator will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. For everyone who's a believer here, do you have the Holy Spirit in your heart? 
Amen, yes, of course you do. See, nobody asked him where you're going because they've already solved that problem because in, in, in John in John 13, 36, Peter already asking that question. Where are you going? They already had a discussion. In, in, in John 14, 5, Thomas said, Lord, we, we don't know where you're going, so how can we possibly know the way? And they had that discussion. So the question really isn't, where are you going, Jesus? The question is, why? Why are you going? I'm just like the disciples. I want to know. Why, why are you going? I, I want to understand. I want to understand this. This is all about emotional pain here. This is, this is the one they trusted. This is the one they put their faith in. This is the one they had followed. And now they're saying, we're going to be all alone. Who's going to take care of us? Look, unless I go, the advocate will not come. And, and Jesus said in John 14, uh, 29, I told you so, so, when this, well, so that when this happens, you'll believe. See, you're going to believe the first good thing that's going to come out of this is when I get to the Father, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And he's going to bring the transmitted truth. And we're going to get to that in a second. He's going to bring the transmitted truth. And then you will know that I'm telling you the truth because you're going to experience it firsthand. The transmitted truth. This is the transmitted truth. And then, listen, go, go to John 14. Gary, I don't know if you're with me on that one. But this is his conversation with Philip. I just want to read this to you. Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you for such a long time? Philip, you've, you've walked with me, you've talked with me, we've, ate, we've eaten together, you've seen me. I mean, Philip, what, you know, have you been paying attention? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Philip, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? <coughs> Excuse me. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. The words I say to you come from the Father, from the Father to me. They come from the Father to me. Rather, it's, it's the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me, Philip, when I say that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe in the evidence, Philip, look, you were there when I fed the 5,000. Philip, you were there when I walked on water. You were in that boat. You were there when I forgave the woman caught in adultery. You were there when I healed the blind man. You were there, Philip, for goodness sakes, when I raised Lazarus from the tomb. Believe me. The word comes from the Father to the Son. And then... <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it's, 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 it's these guys' fault because I love singing and, and my voice is getting so old and I just sing along anyway and I know better and I shouldn't do that, but I do. Anyway, so please just excuse me. Going down, going down to um, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. You see, this transmitted truth, the foundation of our faith, 
Jesus Christ is the true foundation, but this is how we come to know him, comes from the Father to the Son, and from the Son to the Holy Spirit, and it comes from the Holy Spirit into our lives when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We get to know that this is the truth that we're to live by. That's what's going to happen. Why do you have to go, Jesus? Look, guys, there are so many more people that need to know the truth. There's just a, I I can't get to all of them. And there's, there's more than, listen to verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. You're gonna need time to take this truth in and understand it. The Holy Spirit's going to provide this. It's a transmitted truth from the Father to the Son to the Holy Spirit to those who have accepted Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This now becomes available in an understandable format. Absence makes the heart grow fonder of someone closer at hand. Guys, I don't want you to be tempted. I don't want you to be tempted to leave me. I don't want our relationship to be fractured. I don't want that to happen. See, it's already happened to Jesus back in John chapter 6. Remember when he said, um, uh, if you eat of my body and drink of my blood, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you can have no part of me. And all all the people that were following him left left him. And he turned to his disciples and some of the saddest words in the Bible. He looked at them right in the eyes and he said, Are you going to leave me too? He didn't want that to happen. But transmitted truth has to have a purpose. It has to have a purpose. It has to come alive somehow in a person's life. And that's the next part. So let's go on from verse 8. When he comes, when the Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He's going to prove that to, to you guys and to us to me, about sin because people don't believe in me. Do you realize in the world there are people that don't believe in Jesus? (laughs) Is that like a shock or what? Oh, where am I? About righteousness. Because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. They don't believe I'm telling the truth. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. See, transmitted truth needs to come alive in a person's life. And I think what Jesus is saying is this is how it happened, how it happens. It becomes the liberating truth. Liberating truth. Yes, okay, we're gonna have lib- from liberated from what? From the bondage of this world, from fear of death, from fear of alienation from God. And we're gonna be liberated. We're gonna Oh, this is gonna be good stuff. And the world doesn't understand it at all. Nope. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said this if you hold on to my teaching. Uh, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will, help, will set you free. If you hold on to this truth, it'll set you free. It'll liberate you. That's what Jesus was saying. About sin? <laughs> John, all that's in the world, 
All that glitters is not gold. Don't be tempted. You know, as I sit at my desk, I have these crazy thoughts and I can kind of imagine the world saying to me, John, look, you're not that bad. <laughs> you're no worse than, you know, worse than the next guy. I mean, after all, John. And John, don't you think Jesus makes too much of this right and wrong stuff? Don't you? Look, John, there's only right. Why let Jesus decide what's right and wrong? John, you're a bright young man. Well, I'm not young. You're a bright, well, I'm not bright. Anyway, look, you can understand. I'm sorry. You can understand. You can decide for yourself what's right and wrong. John, 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 John. All this talk of sin, it's just depressing. It's insulting, it's condemning, it's judgmental, John, don't you think? Look, John, I know you, and I know you just want to eat, drink, and be merry, don't you, huh? Yeah, John, I know that. John, why don't you just tell Jesus, just leave me alone? No. I have to decide that this is the transmitted truth mediated by the Holy Spirit. This is where I stand. I stand on the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit says to me through the Word of God, John, if you say you don't have any sin, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. John, look, the Holy Spirit says to you, no one is righteous, not even one. The Holy Spirit says to you, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Whoa, I just took too many pages away, I think. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God says, the heart is deceitful above all things. And John, your heart's beyond cure. Who could possibly understand it? Well, that's why righteousness is next, because there is a righteous God. There is a God who can look into my heart and tell me, John, look, I can fix what's wrong. I can come along and I can forgive you of your sins. I can do this, John. See, recognition of sin, admission of sin is not the end of relationship with Jesus. It's not the end of relationship and hope in the future. It's the beginning. When I was willing to say, Lord God, I'm a mess. And I know you have the perfect, perfect antidote. Culture says, John, you know that Jesus came to condemn and judge and to divide people. You know, John, that Jesus came to punish people, yeah, to place restrictions on, on your life, John. Look, what fun can you have with Jesus anyhow? Culture tells us that Jesus is harsh and dominating and controlling. John, look, uh, Jesus is punitive, severe, unforgiving. 
and he's cruel. And, you know, we don't have to listen too closely to hear those words. But no, 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 I believe in the... I want to know God. I want to know what his transmitted truth says. And his transmitted truth speaks to me, the liberating truth. And it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Yeah. Whoever believes is not condemned. Ah, that's what it says. See, the presence of Jesus in someone's life is an act of love. Love. It says, John, look, I want to restore our relationship. I want to make everything right between us. I'm willing to do that for you. You can't do it for yourself, but I'm willing to do that. See, John, if you confess your sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right, John? You got that? See, emotionally, physically, spiritually, it is an act of kindness and it's an act of mercy. And it's showing favor, John, to you you of all people who, who really don't merit such kindness. That's all true. And God's willing to rescue you, John, from something horrible. You don't ever need to be alone. You, you don't ever need to be afraid. You don't ever need to doubt. The Holy Spirit is with you, John. Have a burning passion for God and a missionary zeal to reach the lost. And he will tell you what is to come. What is to come? A judgment. There will be a judgment. We know that because Paul, uh, Paul, yeah, Paul tells the church in Philippi that on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. I mean, we all know that. The, the judgment's coming. We read Revelation. We know that. But John, you never want to hear these words. You never want to hear these words. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. John, you don't want to do that. Jesus is the way, the highway, the portal, the mechanism through which transmitted truth comes from the Holy Spirit, from the Father. Uh, and, and, and it's liberating truth. It liberates. It liberated me from the bondage of sin. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Do I still sin sometimes? Yeah, but I don't do it like with intentionality like I once did. See, it's not what the future holds, my friend. It's who holds our future. That's the important thing. And the question today for all of us is who holds our future? I mean, that's what we really want to know, who holds our future transformational truth. I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. You can have a glorious life if you walk with me. I have glorious life if you invite me into your heart. You can have a wonderful... It's not going to be a rose garden. But it's going to be filled with hope and joy and peace of knowing who holds one's life. See, all the implications and consequences of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection are tied up here. Listen to the last verses. 
I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear, TMI. I, I'm the Greek professor, I think probably your pastor shared the same person with me, uh, and New Testament professor used to say all the time, see, class was supposed to be three hours. And he never stopped at three hours. And it was like six o'clock to nine o'clock at night. I just want to go home. But we'd go on and on and on, maybe to 9.30. But he used to say, oh, this is TMI, too much information. Well, that's what Jesus is saying here. TMI, it's too much information. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead the transformational charge in your life. He will take the transmitted truth uh, that liberated that liberated a person from the bondage of sin, and he will make it come alive in a person's life, and a person will be transformed into the glorious image He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. What is yet to come? Uh, we know what's going to come. We can see it played out. He will glorify me because it's from me. He will make. He will receive what he will make known to you. He will glorify me. He will raise me up. He will adore me. He will have encourage you to celebrate Jesus Christ in your life. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why Jesus said, "Everyone the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me." I will never drive away. I won't do it. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to drive it away. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I am the way, the transmitted truth. This is the way. I am the truth, the liberating truth, and I'm the life the glorious life of living in Jesus Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what it's all about. So, it's for your good that I'm going away. Now let me tell you, let's go back to the transmitted truth. Ephesians 1.13. And, and you were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You were included in Christ when you heard, and I'm not talking about hearing, I'm talking about heard. When you heard the gospel of your salvation, having believed, gotta believe, you are marked in him with a seal, a seal, and what's that seal? The promised Holy Spirit. It's a gift. We get the Spirit when we accept Christ into our lives. That's a liberating truth, for God so loved the world. Oh, look at that smile. I love you. <laughs> God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Bingo. And it's a transformational truth and Paul wrote to the church in Corinth when he said, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, listen, who is spirit. <laughs> who is spirit. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, the, the, the vision statement our bishop talks about, a burning passion uh, for God and a missionary zeal. Well, what, where does missionary zeal come in? Well, it comes in right there at the end of chapter 15. And it says, and you also must testify. Some of Jesus' last words from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the second half of that verse. And you... John, 
will be my witness, first in Jerusalem, and then Judea and Samaria, and then the ends of the world, earth. Wherever I go, John, you must be bold. You must have courage, just like he told Joshua and the Hebrew people. And what does a witness do? A witness testifies to the truth, to the truth. So I say live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Celebrate the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Celebrate with the, with the full knowledge that God has given this incredible gift. Well, well I, the reason I'm going is because I want to give you something very special, and that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says this. This is what he says to the church in Galatia, Paul says. Uh, so, so live by the Spirit. What does that mean? Have a life that's filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. And my favorite. She's very distracting. I love it. (laughs) Gentleness and self-control. When you get up in the morning, celebrate Jesus Christ and tell him how much you love him. Make sure you take the word and impress it upon your hearts. Three times it says that in the word. Impress it upon your hearts. Talk to him. I'm not talking about some... Some Levitical prayer. Oh, no, I'm talking about having an honest conversation with him. Tell him what you're afraid of. Tell him what, what you have joy about. Tell him all the things going on in your life, which he already knows to begin with. But tell him, and tell him, what, tell him how excited you are, how much you adore him, and how much contrition you have in your heart because we hurt him. One last point, if you belong to the world, the world would, the world would love you. John, 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 the world says, look, you don't need this fairy tale. You don't need it. John, and by the way, I had to check on this. Barnes & Noble is still in business. You can go down to Barnes & Noble. There's a wonderful self-help section there. Yeah. Just go down and get about 20 volumes, go home, lock yourself in your closet, and just read those books. You didn't do anything wrong. You're fine just the way you are. That's a pernicious lie. Those are all pernicious lies. What this text tells us is he is truly the way, the truth, and the life. The transmitted truth, the liberating truth, and the transformational truth. He is. And he does that through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because, quite honestly, he couldn't come here and do it for each one of us individually. See, absence does make the heart grow. Absence does make the heart grow fonder of someone closer at hand. Distance destroys relationship. A husband and wife that aren't close together, the relationship becomes weak and it doesn't flourish. And the further one travels away from Jesus, the closer one grows goes to the world. But not to worry, because Jesus isn't going anywhere. Just like we were just saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to be mine. Ah, I want you to be mine. So what about you? I told you all the stuff that I believe. I told you about all my devotional struggles at 6 o'clock in the morning at my desk. And, but hopefully also I told you about the incredible joy, the incredible joy of knowing Jesus Christ, the incredible gift his son is, 
the incredible gift that his word is, the incredible promises that he makes. And so the question becomes, John, are you willing to walk with me or not? And that's a question for all of us today. Father God, Lord, we just raise up this time to you, and Lord God, we pray. Lord God, you'll inspire our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.